This lesson is called How to Be Still and Listen to the Lord. And let me just say, this is one of the things that I get asked most often. How can I hear the Lord? So I have a couple of things that I love to tell people um, about listening to the Lord. And I hope it's encouraging for you. I really do. So here's a warm-up question. Is there something you wish God would speak to you about right now? What is it? Usually people want to know the answers to questions about significant relationships in their lives, the answers to questions about their career, and the answers to questions about their children. So significant relationships being a husband or wife or um, family member, and then about their children, meaning specifically how their children will do in the future when they are maybe no longer um, able to be the ones to make the decisions for their children. How will the children do? They want to know from the Lord about that. And some of those things the Lord's not ever going to talk to you about. And that's what we're going to discuss today. So by the end of this lesson, you'll have a new perspective on and tools for being still and listening to the Lord. First of all, do you realize that your brain looks for evidence of what you already believe? So if you are thinking to yourself, God doesn't speak today, he no longer speaks today, then really all of the evidence that you find will be that he no longer speaks today. Because your brain is programmed, God has made it a, a mystery, a fabulous, fabulous mystery. But when we already believe stuff, we look around to find evidence of it. You know when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, the pure in heart shall see God? I believe one of those, one of the meanings of that phrase, it means many things, but one of the meanings of that phrase is not, not that those who are righteous or perfect, those who are pure, will get to see God as if that's their reward. I think it's the ones who are pure-hearted enough to actually believe that He exists. Those are the ones who will see Him. The ones who believe with faith that He is, then they get to see God everywhere. So there are four things that I want you to believe in order to experience God speaking in your life. Number one is you have to believe that he still speaks. I mean, that's step number one. If you don't think he still speaks, then you're never going to recognize the fact that he's speaking to you. But if you start saying, I know that God still speaks, then I I bet you you will recognize and, and in, that he is speaking in more ways than you realize and that he will make himself known more often because simply because you're looking for him, your brain seeks that evidence. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 14, 29. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. That's what was spoken to Mary about giving birth to the Messiah. But I believe this translates into our own lives. God still speaks to us, and we see evidence for why he does. He does speak to us in advance of things happening so that we will believe. God never expects 
that we have belief and faith on our own. And he he's like, you're just on your own with that. I hope I require faith of you because we know that the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. If it, that's the requirement is having faith is how we please God. He would not say, have faith in me. Now go figure it out on your own. He's doing everything he can to build up our faith as, as we see right here. When he does speak to us, the reason he does is to build up our faith so that when it does happen, we'll believe it was from him. That's one of the reasons that he speaks to us. Number two, believe that he knows how to speak to you. Here's where I think a lot of people get derailed. They'll hear stories from a friend or they'll hear a sermon and they'll say, oh, well, that's how God spoke to that person. So I know that's how he'll speak to me. And so they keep expecting God to speak to them in the same way that he spoke to another. And then guess what happens? We get disappointed because we don't have the same kind of experience that somebody else has. When God never said, I speak to you all the same. You know, even when Jesus healed in the New Testament, he healed each person in a different way. To some, he spoke from afar. To some, he took their hand. To, and they were near when he healed them. To some, he, you know, he spit and made mud and put it on a blind, man, blind man's eyes. We see Jesus not repeating the same pattern, except the pattern to ask God to bless and to heal through him. That's the pattern we see. The rest of it changes. Here we see, too, that God speaks to us in different ways. The pattern that we, we know is always the same is that we trust him to do the speaking and to know that he knows how to communicate to us as individuals. When I was a teacher, I learned about three learning styles and this is not absolute, but it's such a help for teachers to know about the three learning styles. Auditory learners are those students who take in information through their ears best. It's not to say that they don't also take in information in other ways, but they take in information best when it's through their ears. So for auditory learners, they didn't mind sitting still and listening to me lecture because they take in information through their ears. I would also sometimes create a song, a memorable song with maybe grammar rules in it so they could remember the grammar rules because they were listening to them in a unique way through a song. Visual learners take in information best through their eyes doesn't mean they don't know how to listen. It just means they take in information best through their eyes. So, so for those visual learners, just listening to me lecture was never enough. And it wasn't even that helpful to have a little song if we made a song in groups and tried to remember rules, like I just said. What, what helped is if while I was teaching, I had slides. So that's one of the reasons that I have slides for you today. When, when other people do Facebook Lives, they maybe just speak, but I know that I'm leaving out my visual learners if I do that. So I create slides so that you can see the words and see pictures that might remind you of what I'm talking about. 
maybe. Even if you um, show a video while you're teaching, those students who are visual learners will take in the information best. Then there are kinesthetic learners. Those are your hands-on learners. They learn best when they're doing. So auditory learners learn best by hearing. Visual learners learn best by seeing. And kinesthetic learners learn best by doing. So I'm, that is really where a teacher really needs to get creative because those students cannot learn best just by hearing and seeing. They, they want hands-on. So when I was teaching high school English, I would, we would manipulate vocabulary words and even I would have them illustrate vocabulary words with Play-Doh on their desks. They would build out a little scene that exemplified the new words we were learning. That was for my hands-on learners. And we have, I had trays with colored sand in it and they would, for our spelling test, they would trace with their finger in the sand the spelling of the word because that's how a kinesthetic learner is going to learn the best is by their body moving their hands and their even movements when we would have hand movements um, to remember a series. If you were, if you even are trying to memorize a memory verse and you're a kinesthetic learner, try doing hand motions because you'll remember it better. Well, God is a good teacher and he knows how you learn best. So don't expect that he's just going to teach everyone the same way. When he speaks to you, he's teaching you. That's what he says here in Isaiah 48, 17. Whoops, I have an accidental word there. Weather is not supposed to be there. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you who directs you in the way you should go. God's your teacher and he knows how to reach you. Your learning style plays a role and he he deliberately will speak to you in a way where you can receive it best. He doesn't expect you, his creation, to be the one leading in the dance. He's the creator. So in the dance of communication, he's the one who takes the lead and he knows exactly what you need. So auditory learners, you may hear the Lord through words and sentences in your heart. For auditory learners, they can almost repeat word for word what God has said to them. And it's not that they hear an audible voice in the room. That's why I say it's in their heart. I don't know any other way to explain that. Those of you who know what I'm talking about, if you want to shoot a comment in the comments below about what's a better way to explain that. It's just in your heart. It's in your head. It's in your torso in some way. It's, it's just somewhere within you that you hear that voice, but it's in specific words. Here's the thing. Enough people hear the Lord this way that it's become distorted and we think that's the only way he speaks. We see plenty of examples in scripture where Jesus and where, I mean, where God spoke to people in sentences. I mean, he visited them and communicated a very specific message. But that is not the only way he speaks. So if you're not an auditory learner and you're just expecting only to hear him speak in a sentence, no wonder you're never hearing him. Because 
you are accepting or receiving the other ways he may be speaking to you. So maybe this will set you free to hear about some of the other ways that he speaks. Visual learners may see God through visions and pictures in their heart. This can be a vision that you see during the middle of the day. Sometimes you just it's it's in your heart though. It, I don't know how else to describe it. You're not actually seeing something right before you. I know some people have, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's just, you'll be thinking, it's almost like a daydream. And for people who say God doesn't speak in visions anymore, I find that so funny because of all the different ways that we do experience visions all the time and we aren't bothered by it. You daydream. And when you're in the middle of a daydream, we can picture ourselves skiing the slopes. We can picture ourselves at the lake house. We can picture that vacation that we have coming up as if as we can picture Christmas right now and the opening of gifts and Thanksgiving table. We can envision it. And so, of course, it's okay to believe and to know that God speaks through visions sometimes. And, and even with auditory learners, we know you can hear full sentences in your head because we, we memorize songs. And how many times do we say that song is stuck in my head? It's because we're hearing it, even though we're not hearing it, right? We're hearing it inside, even though we're not hearing it outside. So we accept those kinds of things about life and about ourselves. God communicates in those ways too. So a vision that's almost like a daydream in the middle of the day, but also people have dreams at night that they... There's a difference between a spiritual dream and just maybe a, a regular dream that you would have because <laughs> you had, you know, spicy food the night before. I don't know. You can tell when there's a difference because the next morning you wake up and you say, oh, I think that means something. And the one to turn to, to ask for the meaning of that dream is God. And he will slowly reveal to you what the crazy proportions of the dream could mean in your life. He communicates definitely that way. Now, what about if you're a kinesthetic learner? Kinesthetic learners may experience God through hunches and senses in their heart. This too is hard to explain. You know, there have been times when I just knew something from the Holy Spirit and you, you, he doesn't give you all the reasons. And I find sometimes he, he communicates this way the fastest. If he's really got to communicate something quickly, the kinesthetic um, experience of God in your body where you're like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just know that we're not supposed to buy this house. Or I don't know how to explain it, but something's wrong here. Or that's the person we don't need to hire. I, I don't know why. I just know. But we've prayed about it and we expect God to communicate through it. He may not say, this is the place that you need to to live. You just know, I really think God's leading us here. I have a hunch. I have a sense. I'm a kinesthetic learner and I sense it. Now you may have multiple learning styles like I do, and he may communicate in all kinds of ways. For me, I'm mostly a kinesthetic learner though. I can tell you once, uh, one, you may never know the answer, whether your hunch was really from the Lord or not. Two summers ago, I went on a business trip to a conference and I was staying in a hotel that I did not realize that I had really gotten a low-end hotel that was being used for a lot of 
questionable activities. And I didn't know that when I got the hotel online. But as soon as I got there, I realized I'm not exactly sure where I am. <laughs> and I had to stay in that hotel four nights. And one of the nights I got onto the elevator and I, it, it was the strongest hunch I could explain to you. I can't even, I can't even explain to you. It's the strongest hunch. Get off the elevator now. It's not like God said, get off the elevator now. It was just like, I knew I had to get off the elevator immediately. So as I took a step to do so, this man pulled the door back and he aggressively entered the elevator. I was already on my way out the door because the Holy Spirit had clued me in that I needed to take action and leave immediately. So it could be a quick communication or it could be a kind of a, a chronic bubbling sense that you know this is not this is not for me right now this is not for us right now god speaks in at least those three ways <laughs> auditory visual and kinesthetically however how many more ways he speaks to us when we're praying about something for a long time if we zero in on expecting to hear directly from God through words, pictures, or a sense, then we're missing all the other ways he may be speaking to us. He most definitely speaks through the word. So if you're, if you're wanting to hear his word, his, his message to you on something, get in the Bible. I mean, be examining it regularly. And I'm not saying look for a specific spot in the Bible. As you just spend time in it, just expecting him to speak, he will lead you to the passage that communicates in an oddly specific way to your circumstance. I've had God speak through a song on the radio that every time I got in the car, this one song was right in the middle of playing. And I, and I would say, now that, that just can't be coincidence. Because it's every single time I'm getting in the car this week. <laughs> or he'll speak through something that somebody says, uh, what a disc jockey says on the radio. He may, they may just say something that you feel like, that was God communicating to me. You might sense him in a page on a magazine or see it on a billboard. How about friends that talk to you? And then, and maybe it's, a, it's someone who comes up to you and has a prophetic word for you. That has happened to me. Or someone came up to me at a church and was like, I don't know you, but I feel like the Lord wants me to share this with you. I hope this blesses you. And they'll share something to me, with me. I've also had friends that they didn't even have any intention. They didn't know they were being used by the Lord to communicate to me, but they just were telling me something. I said, now what? It's funny, um, just even recently, I felt the Lord pressing this name on my heart, this person's name. You need to call this person. Just call this person. Just call this. I kept saying, why would I call? I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I, I, it's odd for me to call this person right now. I, I'm not sure what it's about. And all of a sudden, I started seeing that person's name everywhere. I don't normally see that person's stuff on Instagram or Facebook, but suddenly their name was everywhere. And then a friend of mine suddenly starts talking about that person. And she says, you know what? I kind of feel like you need to call that, call her. I'm like, how many how many ways is the Lord going to drive it home that I need to call this person? And maybe they just need encouragement 
maybe they have they know something that I don't. They need to convey it to me. Only God knits together a tapestry like that. But when you start seeing small messages that come to you in lots of different ways, pause and say, could this be coincidence or could it be you, Lord? Do you really want me to take action in this way? Because you're sure bringing it to me in a lot of different ways. But we very quickly think, oh, it's just coincidence. Mm, Not always. So the third thing I'm asking you to believe is believe that he's responsible for delivering the message. A lot of times people think they are doing something wrong if they're not hearing from God. They're like, okay, so I guess I need to be still longer. Am I needing to set am I should I be fasting right now? Is is he not speaking because I'm not fasting? Is he not speaking because I'm not setting aside an hour and a half a day to be still and listen? What's going on? What? And you know what that making the whole thing about you. That's making the whole thing about what you're able to do. And it's not about you. God is the one who is responsible for delivering a message. And all of us know plenty of times he just interrupts our thoughts when we weren't asking or expecting or looking. And he just lets us know something. There's certainly evidence of that in the Bible where he just, boom, has something to say and he says it. You can trust that he is responsible for delivering the message and he will do it. So yes, you remain open to hearing him. And yes, you remain vigilant to look for him everywhere, but it's not your responsibility to dig it out. He's not hiding from you. He wants to be found. So he's going to communicate with you and you can believe that he's responsible for delivering it. But, and here we, we see in Isaiah 30, 21, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. The thing, I, I love this verse. And so many times I pray this verse, I say, Lord, I don't know what about what to do about this certain situation. Let me hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it, Lord. But the thing we see right here in this description is the voice is behind you. So the person who's behind you is responsible for delivering a message to you because you're facing forward. This version of Isaiah is not giving us an image of somebody turning around looking for God everywhere. Where is he? When is he going to speak to me? It's just someone who's walking forward. And the person behind you, God, is going to say, hey, this way, turn here, this way, turn there. God will catch you working. He will catch you moving. I've said several times before, a friend of mine always says, God loves to hit a moving target. And so she encourages me, take action on this plan. God loves to hit a moving target. He knows how to stop you if you shouldn't be going in that direction, but he also knows how to keep you going. If, I mean, he will encourage you along the way. Start moving. We get stuck in inaction. It's expecting him to tell us everything first. We get stuck in inaction, expecting him to divulge the whole plan first. And he never says he's going to do that. One of my favorite things that my brother ever said to me, I was asking, should I do this? Should I do that? What about this? What about that? And I was asking him with presenting all my confusion. And he said, Nika, 
God's word is a lamp unto your feet, not a lamp unto the miles. I think all you're going to get from God is the next step to take, not the whole map. I thought about it so many years on end. God's word to me is the next step. He lights my feet, not the miles. So don't get stuck in inaction. Ask God, what's the next step? If you like that, I'm going to take it. You don't have to tell me everything about how this is going to turn out. You like the next step, I'm going to take it, God. And then you trust you to like the next one and the next one and the next one. And behind me, as I move, I will hear a voice saying this way, that way, this way. And that's enough for you. That That's enough for me to get on-time directions, real-time directions. He's not going to let us wander in the dark. He's not going to let us get lost. But some of us are not willing to accept real-time directions. Let him just light the step you have right in front of you and let that be enough to start moving. So number four, believe that you are responsible for stewarding the message. He is responsible for delivering the message, but you're responsible for stewarding the message. Oh, there's something beautiful about stewarding the message of God. Because once he says something to you, you, it can't be unsaid. Once he says something, it cannot be unsaid. Once you've heard something, it cannot be unheard. You must act on what he says to do. You, you, it's, it's impossible to remain unchanged because you'll always know he said this to me. Now what? Think of Jonah. Jonah was told, go to, go to Nineveh. Well, Jonah would have been like, I wish you had never said go to Nineveh because I don't want to go. So I would like to not have that be something that you said to me. So I'm just going to pretend you didn't say it. And there went Jonah pretending that God hadn't told him to go to Nineveh. Newsflash, you can't pretend that you didn't hear it. <laughs> it's, and we all do this. We all pretend we haven't heard things. Have you ever had, I, I've had people that have called to me across the room and I'm like, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear them. <laughs> I don't feel like stopping and talking now or like, oh no, that person, not, or, I, this is going to be awkward. I'm going to pretend, see how many times they say my name before I have to stop and you just pretend you didn't hear them. We can't do that with God. He knows you heard him. <laughs> and really, you can't pretend you didn't hear him. You can't pretend that. You're confused. He knows what you processed, just like Jonah. And once that engagement happens, it's like the word meets the heart. <laughs> Engage. And then it's on. Just like Jonah, who said, you know, I'm just going to see if I can go back this away and not take and the Lord sends a storm that disrupts his journey to flee. And he realizes, okay, I'm in. I got to be in. Because once the word hits the heart, engage. It's on. And you have to steward the, steward the message you heard. You don't have a choice otherwise. Habakkuk 2.3. For the vision is set for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You hold on to it. The word that has been spoken to you, you hold on to it for as long as it takes. 
So whether you're experiencing, like all of us, a Jonah moment where you're like, I just want to pretend I didn't hear that. The other direction that can go with not stewarding, the that's one way of not stewarding the word. The other way that can go is to say, it's been so long, it's not going to happen now. I mean, really, I must have heard wrong. It's been so long, you know, do I really have to follow this now or God's not going to come through? Look, this here in Habakkuk tells us there's an appointed time for a word. And sometimes he gives it to us early and sometimes he gives it to us right at the last minute. Wouldn't I love that he gave me a word right before he fulfilled it? And then I'd be like, this is awesome. I didn't even have to wait that long. But that's not what he did to David. And he was a man after his own heart. David, he was anointed to be king. He got that oil splashing over him in the sheep field. Smelled like, it smelled like authority. That olive oil smelled like promise. It smelled like purpose. You know, olive oil has a rich, heady fragrance. And as it went over David, you know, it smelled like favor. And then Samuel, the prophet left the sheep field and David went back to tending to sheep that smelled like manure. (laughs) And he was like, what happened to the favor? That fragrance of favor, when now it's all just daily work. So it went from smelling like glory to smelling like hard work and faithfulness and manure in the fields, sweat. Then he gets chased by King Saul, and then it all smells like fear and unfair. It smelled like fear and unfair because it didn't make any sense. And this went on for years. But God's word to David had not changed. God knew the whole time what was between the anointing and the appointing. God knew how long it was going to be, but he didn't didn't see fit to tell David that. That was okay because God's sovereign. He did not tell David what would come between the anointing and the appointing. But his word never changed, and what he said came to pass. And it wasn't liked. I needed to hear myself say that. I hope maybe you needed to hear me say that. Even if it takes a long time, when it comes, it isn't liked. It didn't tarry. Because God knew at the moment he told you when it was going to come to pass. And just like I said, when the word hits the heart, engage. It's on. So don't you worry. Don't you worry about giving up on your promise or that it's over by now. It, it's too late because the word hit the heart and engage. Now it's on. So God will deliver it. It's his responsibility. And you steward it. You keep believing. That's your responsibility. I'll add here, I'll add here that God will give you faith for every mile he asks you to walk and every minute he asks you to wait. God will give you faith for that. If he's spoken a word to you, he will give you the faith to see it to completion. However, he will not always give that same faith to those around you. 
So what we tend to do when we hear a prophecy or a word from God, when we hear him speak, what we tend to do is double check that with our friends. Like it makes it more real if we speak it almost. It makes it more real if we've gotten some affirmation. Hey, I think I'm hearing God say this. And it helps if our friends go, wow, that sounds great. Ooh, that's cool. Wow, that's good. Oh, I love hearing that. Oh, I'm going to be praying about that with you. I'm going to be praying about that for you. And all that affirmation is, in a way, it's like a light form of idolatry. Uh, Because it's turning elsewhere. God spoke the word to you. And why do we then need to look elsewhere for confirmation of it or, and I'm not talking, yes, we know we ask for confirmation. We test the spirits. God says to do that, but that's what I'm talking about. It's like affirmation that we're looking for, not confirmation. It's like getting that amen from those around us. If that's what you do, mm, 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 mm. if that's what you have to do, that's exactly what God's going to take away from you later. I wasn't preparing to say that, but I know that's true in my life. If if you had to go and get some amens from those around you, that's exactly what God's going to take away from you before it's all said and done, because he doesn't want you to trust anyone or believe anyone or need anyone other than him. He's your one and only. There is no God other than him. So you don't need others. We need others in a community. We don't need others to be affirming a word in our lives. So I can tell you, honestly, I've had to wait on some things that God spoke to me. I looked outwardly for a lot of people to be in on the promise with me. And before it came to pass, all those people fell away. It was like, are you sure about that, Nika? You're still talking about that? It's been seven years. Are you sure, Nika? I don't know. I don't know if you need to do that anymore because, I mean, really, it hasn't happened yet. Are you sure you heard the Lord? That's what's going to start happening. If you needed them in the beginning, anything addition in addition to God, that's going to be what starts happening because he didn't give them the fuel. He didn't give them the faith for your promise. He didn't give them the, the d- duration, the endurance for your promise. He gave them duration for their own promise. So yeah, you can share with your friends But I would do that carefully and not depend on it because God says, depend on me. It's going to come to pass because I said so. You don't need anybody to agree with you on that. I said so. So if you've experienced the falling away of friends or family, it's just because it's not their fault. It's not because they don't believe you or love you. It's just that they could only go so far with you because God had only fueled them for for that distance. And the rest of the way, you will have to walk on your own. But he's given you the fuel to walk the rest of the way on your own. So why you might not be hearing God speak right now, if you're wondering, why is God not speaking to me? I've been asking him and asking him and asking him and needing him to speak and asking him for to speak. And why are you not hearing God speak right now? One, you haven't waited long enough. So a lot of times people will be like, I'm going to spend some time listening to God this morning. And they set aside a block of time. They're like, check in their box of, speak to me, Lord. Go. Go. (laughs) Speak to me, Lord. Go. And they're like, wanting him to speak during that 
little amount of time. And sometimes he's like, okay, I'll speak to you. Be listening. Be listening in the, le- in the next couple of weeks. Because maybe he's got this one moment planned when it's like the speakers are turned up. And it, it, you, you wouldn't have heard him the same way in your living room. But the speakers are turned up in that one moment out and about. You're like, whoa, he just answered. He just answered what I asked him three weeks ago, three months ago. Perhaps you're not hearing him speak right now because you haven't waited long enough. There is no formula. And the second you create a formula, he's like, that's not how my math works. (laughs) This is miracle math. I do it my own way. So you don't set aside, you know, specific things that I have to conform to, you conform to me. Another reason you might not be hearing God right now, you haven't let wonder be a word. Mm. Our God is a mystery. I mean, we're never going to understand. While we're living in human skin, we're never going to understand. Like, what do you mean there was, like, nothing existed before you? Like, you never came into being. I... We're programmed to understand beginnings. So there's no way we're, he, if we ask him, yeah, but I need to know, like, how did you come into existence? Because everything has to begin. Everything comes in existence. What do you mean you, you didn't come into existence? Well, then we have questions about, wait a second, heaven. Like, we are really accustomed to endings. The day ends, the year ends, everything ends. I, I need to know. What's heaven going to be like? What do you mean it doesn't end? What do you mean you don't end? What? What? I don't get this. I need some answers. Okay, well, that right there is just enough mystery to blow your mind forever if you want to get stuck on it. And it's enough to let you know he's not going to tell you everything that's going on. He's not, he's not ever going to give you a way to understand that answer because you can't. You can't understand that answer. Talk to a five-year-old and some of the questions that they ask, you're like, hmm, I'd love to explain that to you, but you you aren't equipped to know the answer to that. Like even a five-year-old right now who's asking about, so how does a person become a president of the United States? Well, I could give you a simplified answer, but I can't tell you all of it because there's no way a five-year-old is equipped to, to process all that, they don't have the vocabulary itself. Plus, they would lose interest. Not to mention all the crazy other questions a five-year-old may ask, such as, where do babies come from? Um, hold on. You know, I could give you a simplified answer here, but maybe it's best that I just wait and not tell you right now. Just trust me on this one. It's a wonder. Where babies come from, it's a wonder. <laughs> it's a mystery. It's it's a wonder and it's wonderful. But you at five years old might not be equipped to know all the interworkings. So let's save that. And you have to respect that God has that same mindset sometimes. He knows we have no way of understanding a lot of the mysteries that he's put into place. Excuse me, I need to know God. I need to know. Why do you let bad things happen to good people? I'm not going to believe you until you give me an answer to that question. Why do you let bad things happen to good people? And he's like, hmm, okay, well, I could give you 
um, some answers to that, but you're really not equipped to fully understand why I do what I do. That you're finite. And in the same way that you can't understand eternity, you really can't understand why bad things happen to good people. Trust me on this one. It's a wonder. And it's wonderful because I'm good and I can be trusted. I love you. I'm your father. So when I don't answer you, I'm just saying, hey, this one's wonder, okay? Just chalk it up in the wonder column. You keep wondering about it because it, it is a wonder. It's a mystery. And I'm never going to tell you while you're in human skin. Good news, though, because you will be a, a, a new creation one day and a spiritual being with a new body and possibly new abilities to understand what I would tell you. And we have plenty of time for me to tell you because we have no time. So I would just say sometimes, will you please let wonder be a word? When you ask God a question and he doesn't give you the specific answer to it, why he let something happen in your life and he doesn't answer, he go, I think he's letting wonder be the word. It's silence. So he must be letting wonder be, hey, trust me on this one and just chalk it up to mystery. Chalk it up to wonder. And you may always wonder, but I'm talking about the wonder of, of something glorious. That God, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he can't explain a lot of those to us. Here's another reason. Perhaps you're not hearing God speak right now because you haven't wanted to hear what he's saying. This applies to me more often than I'd like to say. A lot of times he is speaking to me and I don't want to hear it. I don't. And so I just, I have somehow convinced myself that that's not him. That's just something. No, that's not him. I, I would, that, the good news though is that it is him speaking. You are hearing him speak. He's not being silent. You just haven't wanted to hear what he's saying. So re-examine that and ask, is this what, are you telling me this, Lord? You'll experience his positive or negative response. And by the way, speaking of positive and negative, the Lord always speaks positively. So if you're hearing things like you're worthless or you're not enough or any of those negative phrases, self-doubt, fear, all of that, that's not him. You can start recognizing your father's voice because he's good. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to ask us to do hard things. He does ask us to do hard things. They certainly feel negative on the outset, but they're not. He's speaking positive ways because he's calling us to things that will bless us. Another reason you might not be hearing God speak right now is because you haven't willfully obeyed the last thing he told you. I'm definitely speaking from experience in this case because three weeks ago, God told me to do something. I mean, and I wasn't even asking him. I was just kind of journaling for the morning and I heard clear as anything in my heart, something, a task I needed to do. Hmm. And I did not want to do it. I had plenty of other questions to ask God about. And when I asked him, he was silent, as he should be, because I'm not responding to the first thing he said. And obedience is a, it's a gate. Obedience is a gate in your life. 
your your obedience will either open the door to something God wants to do in your life or your disobedience will close the door to something God wants to do in your life. In my case, it closed the door to him saying anything else to me because he was waiting like, oh, I've got plenty to say, Nika, as soon as you do what I asked you to do. And when I did, it took me a while, but when I did... I believe the timing ended up being perfect. I think sometimes God has to tell me things like three weeks before he actually wants me to do them because <laughs> he knows that in a lot of cases, that's how long it takes me to process it and actually take action. But I'll just say, then he started speaking in a way that I was expecting again because I obeyed. Obedience is a gate. If you obey, it will open the door, it will open the gate to the blessing that he has for you if you Disobey or close the door to the blessing that he has for you. That's definitely something somebody need to hear today. So next week, we are going to explore step four in our process, how to declare truth over your life. This is one of the best steps in the process. So the, the process for really transforming and moving forward and creating goals in your life, we always thought, Oh, it's just writing down your New Year's resolutions. Uh-uh. Step one was stop beating yourself up. Step two was take a personal inventory of right now. Step three, be still and listen to the Lord. Step four, declare truth over your life. Then step five is make goals and take action. So we are well on our way toward the exciting part. And I cannot wait for that. But first, let me just remind you that what you can do to really hear the Lord in a special way is to ask him the kind of question you would ask a friend. I'm not kidding. It doesn't always have to be about um, what can you answer that will serve me, God? Like, what? where should I get a job or where, where should I live or uh, all of these kinds of things. Sometimes you can spend time asking him a question like, if we were to get on the dance floor, what song would we dance to? Or, where do you like to spend time with me? Like, where do I go that you like to spend time with me? Or, what was one of your favorite memories when I was a child that you just giggled, God, when when I was laughing? When What was one of those? Or, Lord, I've asked God before, you made everything in nature. Which thing in nature kind of is a good symbol of me? Like, what's something in my personality that is in nature? And on that specific one, I heard him say that I was a peach. And I also heard him say that I was Niagara Falls. You would think, oh, well, that, those two don't have anything to do with each other. But when you ask the Lord a question like that, and he gives you a picture or a word, then you follow up, oh, really? A peach and Niagara Falls, why? And he really just kind of like, I had a sense of how he was explaining those two things in my life. One, a peach is the one fruit that doesn't have a protective outer coating that has to be peeled away. A peach is very vulnerable and soft. It could be bruised easily, but it doesn't protect itself. And it actually doesn't get ruined that often. And Niagara, and that's what God was saying about me. He was saying, you don't have to protect yourself. You don't have to have a skin like an orange or banana. You can be vulnerable and soft and not protect yourself, and trust me to protect you. It made me decide not to be so hard 
in this business of speaking and writing, which a lot of people have become hard in this business. But then also Niagara Falls, he was saying, you will always have an endless supply of encouragement to give to others because just like Niagara Falls has a hidden source, you have a hidden source. You're not coming up with your own ideas. I'm giving them to you. I'm supplying you with the love and encouragement and words that people need to hear. And so you can trust me that you're never going to run out as long as you stay with me. I'll protect you like a peach is protected and I'll supply you like Niagara Falls is supplied. I've never forgotten that. And that encourages me all the time. Ask the Lord for an encouraging word. Tell, ask him what in nature reminds you of me. Tell me something about myself, God. I, you know me better than I do. Tell me something about myself, God. And he'll do it. Ask him the kind of question you would ask a friend or even more intimate than you would ask a friend. Because he loves to interact with you and speak. And maybe he doesn't always love to be asked, what should I do next? Just ask, ask him, who am I? So as you know, all of these lessons are my way of inviting you to the Keep Going Workshop. It's Friday, January 8th, 2021. It's only one day because I don't like workshops that last two or three days and they're all weekend. How about let's just do it all on Friday and we're going to pack your day with goodness. Then you have Friday to rest and relax or maybe process what you've worked through. I think that is the best, the best structure for a workshop. And we're going to be doing so much more than just walking through the five steps that I'm outlining for you here. If you're getting value from what I am outlining in these little lessons on online, think of how much more value you're going to get through our planned workshop in an intensive day from eight to five. I have so much planned for you. If you come in person to Dallas, Texas, that is going to be a wonderful experience for you. You'll be in a small group of 50. We only have 50 seats available. And if you decide to experience this virtually, look, I was not about to have a virtual workshop where people just clicked and watched a screen because I knew that people would like be watching a screen and then cleaning the house at the same time. So we said, we want them to have the full experience. So we created this beautiful box. This is a workshop in a box. This is the first time I've showed it. I couldn't wait to reveal to you guys what I will be sending your way if you sign up for a Keep Going Workshop virtual ticket. In this box that is gonna come to your house are five of everything. Five gifts, five workbooks, five of every activity that we have. So while it's happening in, in um, on site in Dallas, it could be happening in your home for by way of this workshop in a box. When I conduct an activity at the hotel in Dallas, I'll say, reach into your box and find this um, supply, this gift, pass it out. Because here's the thing. People are lonelier than ever right now. But even in light of what we're um, dealing with, with the coronavirus, there are two different ways to approach it. Some people are willing to come to be in person with a small crowd. We're being, we're being vigilant. We have this smaller crowd prepared. The Nilo Hotel in Dallas has 
instructed me that they are following every regulation about serving food. And so all of that, if you choose to come in person, you're going to have a fantastic experience that is well planned for and safe. But even so, if you're like, I still don't, I still don't feel like I want to go and be at a workshop. That's why we created this box for you so that you can be with several choice friends or family members that you do feel comfortable inviting in your home. Maybe you don't want to get on a plane and come to us here in Texas. Then we come to you through the box and through your screen. You get to participate in every aspect of the workshop live when it's happening. And then you also get this gorgeous collection of workshop in a box materials that you can share with four additional friends. There's five of everything. So pick your four besties, pick four people that you're like, I, I've been around them. I kind of want to know them more. Maybe you have two friends that you work with, two friends at church. I don't know how God wants to bring about the um, connection, but I promise you, you will be blessed by having this small group workshop in a box in your home. So why don't you ask God? Say, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to invite four friends. Who should they be? And wait for his answer. Or if you say, hey, I want all of us to do this. Will each of you go in and buy your ticket, your part of the box? I'll follow through and order it, but all of you can participate by buying your ticket, your one-fifth of the box. That's up to you. But I tell you this, it is going to be a time that is extremely transformational in your life. Everyone gets a workbook that they will write in it the goals that God reveals to them. We're listening to the Lord. What's next in the, ne in the following season in our lives? David Mwanga, incredible worship leader, is leading worship. Honey Holden, amazing speaker about home and about family, is going to encourage us to make goals for our home. Jessica Hoddle, fitness instructor and faith coach, is going to encourage us on how to increase our physical wellness. I'm talking about finances and how God blesses us when we follow his method of stewarding our money, that he wants us to have more than we expect so that we can share it with others and advance his kingdom. Colleen Blake Miller is talking with us and helping us see how to build a better community for ourselves. Because here's the thing, most of us don't have as many friends as we would like to have. Hands up if you think to yourself, I don't even have five friends. I don't even have four friends to invite into my home for this Keep Going workshop. Then this is a big banner saying it's time. It's time. Grab four people that you can learn with. And Colleen Blake Miller is going to teach us about setting goals for relationships. And then Shay Bynes talking with us about setting goals for our skill. That means your ministry uh, or your um, career, or your anything that you feel like your talents, your hobbies, anything that is a specific skill that God has given you. Again, the Keep Going Workshop is Friday, January 28, 2021. Just from 8 to 5, you dedicate the day to the Lord and you come out of it ready to take action. Go to nikamaples.com. 
and click on events to reserve your seat. We only have 50 in person. We only have 100 boxes. And when they're all gone, they're all gone. So go to NikaMaples.com and click on events. I want to see you there. Wisdom in the secret heart.